Hey guys, this is Lindsay Schnorr. Welcome to my podcast, Known to be Known. I want to inspire you to wonder and question and think for yourself rather than tell you what to think as we go on a journey to get to know God. I'd like to suggest that God's desire was never to get you to heaven, but to get heaven through you, and that he actually gave us this answer to what eternal life looks like in John 17, 3, saying that eternal life is this, that we would know God as the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. You see, he gave us an end game and a timeline, relationship forever. I believe that as we get to know him, he's made known through our lives and evangelism, you know, sharing the gospel, actually looks and sounds a lot like you and your life. You ready for an adventure? Let's go. Welcome back. Um, you know, I'm sitting here thinking more people out there than are aware need to be encouraged that your story actually is incredibly interesting, edifying, and the inspiration for someone else to to be encouraged and step out. Um, segue, was never expecting to have a podcast in my life. And again, I feel like... I'm always saying this, but that's a story for a different day. Um, But just felt the need to really put that out there that if anything, if you're listening to my story, this, this house mom from the middle of the United States, and it is like resonating somewhere in you and inspiring you and putting you on a trajectory to, to pursue Jesus and pursue things that maybe you've never thought of. That's just me. I'm just the mom down the street. I can't imagine how amazing your story is. So jumping back into where we left off, I jumped off the stage. I ran over to the left side of the church and I got baptized. And there was nobody there except my husband and my kids. My family wasn't wasn't there, but a few of the women from my, my women's group were out in the audience and were there to see me publicly give my life to Jesus. And it was one of the most incredible moments of my life. I had no idea what I was jumping into. (laughs) Um, So I said that was March of 2016. Um, Mother's Day. So a few months later, I told you that uh, for a long portion of my life, I had uh, seen and heard the demonic. And if that's a really like charged word for you, then then think ghosts. Just really horrible looking apparitions that most people couldn't see that would speak directly to me and say really terrible, awful things like you should be dead. Nobody loves you. Um, you're ugly. You're unwanted. Um, we're going to kill you. Stuff like that. I woke up Mother's Day, and I actually had not had any of these um, episodes in a long time. And I remember I had bought my daughter a matching dress. We were going to church. It was Sunday. It was awesome. My mom and dad were coming. And I got up and started having um, the symptoms of a panic attack. And I remember being aware that this is what was going on and identifying it and being like, okay, I'm going to walk myself through this. And I look up and look in my bathroom window. 
mirror, sorry. <laughs> and there is this shadow apparition, faceless, but the silhouette of a man. So this is what a demon looks like in this in this part of the story that I can't see if I turn around, but if I look in the mirror, he's right there. And I hear this voice in my bathroom as I'm getting ready. And he said, you think that you're ever going to escape us? You will never escape us. And um, I remember... I remember finding my husband and saying, just get me to church. Um, I don't really remember perfect details, and I always want to be very careful to be as, as authentic and as truthful as possible, because I also think in our pursuit of God that in excitement, intentional or unintentional, very often we can make the truth a, a bigger a fishtail. And that actually takes away from the reality of God because it starts um, trampling over people's trust. So I do want to say right in this moment, looking back on memories and talking through particular experiences that I've gone through, I will do everything to remain on par with what took place. Though I will tell you right now, I do not remember verbatim what things happened. So there's my admonition. Um, Shadow man says all the mean things and I go get my husband and get in the car and we get to church. And I remember finding my friend and saying, I need help. I just need help. And being whisked away into another one of our pastor's offices and Honestly, I don't remember what took place except that both of them were praying over me. Um, I can say now that I experienced deliverance, but again, like most of my other parts of my story, it wasn't overtly dramatic and it wasn't something I was seeking. I just knew I needed somebody to help me. And in my mind, I felt like church was probably a good starting, a, a starting point, um, my husband was not in the office with me, I don't believe. And I remember being exhausted when they got done praying, um, but not like experiencing any big change except that they were just done. And I left the office and um, we got home. <laughs> I didn't expect these stories to like... <laughs> bring so much emotion up and we walked through the door and my husband walked me into our, our bedroom and I was laying in bed and I'd put on some soaking music. My mom and dad had come over too. They were aware of what was going on and he left me to take a nap and he went out by our pool to sit with my mom and my dad and I looked up and I could see these angels and mind you, I haven't seen angels in years to this point with my waking eyes. And they were covered in fire. And they had three sets of wings. One set went over their, one over their heads and touched. One covered their bodies and one covered their feet. And I looked around and each one of my doorways was being guarded by these angels. 
And I laid down. And then I heard God's voice again say, Lindsay, they will never bother you ever again. You hear my voice. This is my voice. You hear my voice just fine. And I fell asleep. And I don't know how long I took a nap for. And when I woke up there, I didn't see the angels anymore. Um, I did take a moment at some point. I don't know if it was that day or within the following weeks that I drew these angels and went to research them and found out that they really exist in the Bible, that they were real. And they're seraphim throne room angels and God had sent them to protect my doorways I never ever dealt with the demonic in that way ever again the next time I would come in contact with one of them would be completely different but that particular day I experienced a level of peace and freedom that I never had. And as all the rest of the experiences up to this point propelled me forward into, whether I knew it was a pursuit or not, propelled me forward into this journey of, of finding more of a context of of what it was to know God, this, this world that he created and now this world that was unseen most of the time that I was aware of that existed and all of the unique and, and dynamic pieces of creation, I just needed to know more. I needed to know more about him. And part of what came out of that particular experience, I would suggest, is that I then became obsessed with really learning how to hear God in my life. Um, I had, I'd never been told that not only do you have the ability to have an intimate relationship with God, but relationship hinges on communication. And his desire was to talk. He's the word. <laughs> and um, about that time, I was given the book, The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris. Um, by one of uh, my mentors at that time and was invited into this really cool opportunity to team teach a class on the Holy Spirit, which is so incredibly cool to me because I was I was helping to teach this class before I really had a, a handle on how I was communicating with the Lord at this point. Um, but Man, the amazing stories, even in that season, which would go on for about nine months. Um, I think two times we taught through this class together that I watched people that were much like me only months or a few years earlier coming in out of curiosity, seeking what it would be like to hear God's voice and and potentially experience being something different than just human. And that was one of the biggest things that really kind of how I talked about where my curiosity would always get the better of any place of offense. I was becoming more and more aware that when when Jesus said we would be born again, and when we were born again, our flesh would be 
gone and we would be hidden in Christ, these mysteries of what it would be like to actually function like Jesus did, because I have Holy Spirit, started producing all these questions in me that like the scripture, so heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse re- lepers, and even greater things. I was like, um, I want to see all of that. Never once is that possible. It was always, yes, Lord, I want to see that. Yes, Lord, I, I want to know what prophecy is. I didn't realize there was a word for hearing your voice. I'm, I'm down with it. Let's do it. And that was the one that captured my heart. And I literally could not digest enough literature. Um, At that point in my life, I was reading um, anything from Robert Morris, from Sean Bowles, from James Gall, um, Graham Cook, uh, uh, Mike Bickle, Bill Johnson, Chris Vallotton. Um, Man, I know I'm forgetting people's names, but the crazy thing is, is I was not seeking these people out. I was starting to get things dropped in my email, my Google account that I had never subscribed to or signed up from YouTube. And it would be one of these people. And I would listen to them. And then it just became a game. I'm like, this has to be God. So I'd get excited for my little God drop-ins in my my Gmail. And I'd listen to these people and I'd be like, oh my gosh, all the things that my heart knew existed. These people actually have context and wisdom and experience and and teaching and equipping. And I, my brain like could not, literally could not get enough of everything. And mind you, at the same time, for any of you out there that are you know really struggling with me not saying the Bible, of course I was in the scripture. My my very, very core foundational belief was that in my curiosity, that everything would be established within two witnesses and also be scripturally sound. And there was nothing that I didn't go down the road and continue to go down the road that wasn't completely sound in scripture. And if you do not get into your Bible or you only read your Bible so that it currently agrees with what you believe, Can I also just intersect for a second and remind you that you should be reading the Bible to get to know God, not supporting your own theology? That's a good word. So at that point, I'm learning, I'm digesting. I think I took every online class you could take. I was taking the Angelic Encounter course with James Gall. I was taking the um, Translating God and the Introduction of the Prophetic, I believe it was called, by Sean Bowles. Um, I had taken some Global Awakening courses. Um, man, I I literally, it'll escape me all the things. And in this journey, I just kept changing. And I noticed that I kept getting more bolder and braver. And in my life, the the most um, marked increase of experience that I, I saw was that I was hearing what I believed was God for other people. And then I was going to these people and, and asking, is it it, does this happen to resonate with you at all? Because I feel like I that, and I didn't say God, because even at that point, I never wanted to, I didn't want to come on 
too Christian-y to people. So I would just test out the things that I felt like God was telling me by conversationally inserting them with people. And I found more often and not more often than not, it was accurate. And it was mind-blowingly awesome. So then I would just ask God for things like, <laughs> this be another great time for my husband to be here. There were weekends where I would ask God, what, what do you want me to do today? Where do you want me to go? And I'd get in the car. And I remember one specific day, I felt like he said, there's a man at Tyson's that, no, no, sorry, not Tyson's. It was King's. Um, they deal in like masonry and stones and Anyways, the Lord, I felt like the Lord said, there's a man at King's that lost his wife and I want you to go pray for him. And I was like, Marcus, we got to go. I got to test this out. I get him to drive me all the way to King's. I think I even had the man's first name and got there, never found the guy. Um, My husband, I actually don't know what his thought process was. He indulged me. He took me. Um, But I would do things like that all the time. I'd get in the car and just ask God where to go. And I just started playing around with this notion of getting to know his voice, which then moved into my dreams. At some point, I made the connection, and I think it was while I was studying Ezekiel or Daniel back then, and or Joseph, I don't remember which one, it finally connected with me, oh my gosh, God talks to me in my dreams. All these dreams that I keep telling people are more real than a dream should be that are vibrant with smells and tastes and repetitive angels that are saying things to me all the time. Actually, maybe this is maybe this is God. Maybe maybe this is real in the spirit. So I spent I think for sure 3 years, if not 4, intentionally documenting my dreams and going through a process um of figuring out when it was me, when it was God, and if it was the enemy, and figuring out what God's language was with me in my dreams. And I mean, like, I think I've got eight journals, you guys. It's maybe more than that. That could be really, really undershooting with notations and dates and and what I thought things meant. And then when they came to pass or didn't come to pass and what I learned from them, and found all these amazing um, leaders in the church that had done incredible work in in dream interpretation. And all the names in the books are completely leaving my mind right now. I could totally put that in my blog at some point for you. Uh, Numbers That Preach, I think Troy Brewer, maybe, that's one that's coming to my mind. And then my my favorite book, I cannot for the life of me remember right now, but it's an encyclopedia of symbology and also uh, numbers from a scriptural standpoint, as well as um, taking into account um, just Christians in general, like watching the patterns of how God speaks. And then I enrolled into another um, class with Sean Bowles and one of his mentors, that I had the incredible opportunity of having this gentleman actually interpret one of my dreams and kind of walk me through his process. And then go figure, after that, I start being asked to interpret dreams. And let's be right here. The interpretation is always God's. The Holy Spirit is the only interpreter. But I was aware of 
that he was doing life with me, in me, so I could be the mouthpiece, just like any of us could be. And God blesses what you steward. He likes to do that. So the fact that I was paying attention to dreams, I believe he just started resting on that to be like, good job, kid. You're doing great. So for a season, I was interpreting dreams for people too. And it like nobody of massive influence or or stature or authority, but I was watching God teach me his voice. And I was watching that come to pass in people's lives that weren't even my life. It was wild. It was so cool. And that would bring us back to like maybe, what, 2017? And I will say the greatest desire of my heart that I kept dreaming about at this point that I feel like God's bringing up as a detail was that at this point in my life, I started dreaming about deer, specifically a buck with antlers. It was a symbol that I saw often, and I was drawn to the deer. I would go on to find out that the deer was a part of the emblem for Bethel and Redding, California, which you'd think I'd know listening to Bill at this point. Didn't know it. When it finally got plugged in and that puzzle piece slid into place, there was an experience at some point, and my memory is not black and white on this right now, that I remember knowing I have to go to Reading. I need to check this place out. There's something there that I, I feel like is calling me there. And I had written in my journal, at this stage of my life, I would write things down when I was pretty sure it was God so I could watch it come to pass. And lo and behold, 2018, I go to Open Heavens Conference in Reading, California. My sister came with me. And, oh man, there is a whole backstory to that that I'm not going into today either. But the faithfulness of the Lord while I was in Reading was astounding. I felt like I had come home. Um, I remember listening to Benny Johnson speak and just being absolutely in awe that I was sitting there and listening to this woman about prayer and intercession and and feeling it like in the core of my gut. I'm like, this, yes, this may, this is who I am. And then Erwin McManus getting up and speaking. And there was like this culmination and Ben Armstrong, all these people getting up and sharing. And then Sean Bowles got up and did ministry with words of knowledge that that was I I don't I I want to use the right words that I wasn't surprised by the power of the Lord I was invigorated by the power of the Lord I felt like I came in and got plugged into a supercharging socket of all the things that I knew were real and I knew God wanted to do and they were happening and they were happening in the context of being amongst all these believers. But the second that we would leave the civic auditorium and we would go out to have lunch or go on a walk or just be out in the public, it continued outside of the walls. And there was something about it that just lit everything up in me. And I was like, I need this and I need it in Iowa. And 
one of the days of the conference, maybe second, I think it was three days, the second day of the conference, um, I was, I think it was worship that I heard the Lord tell me that I was going to go sign up for the online school. And I, I couldn't contain my excitement. I was like, this, this is great. That's exactly what I'm doing. And there was ministry time um, every, every, I think after every session. And I went flying up to the front and grabbed somebody. I was like, I, how, how do you get signed up for your online school? And I remember them being like, I don't, we don't have one. I was like, no, I, I, you have to have one. Like, if you've ever heard God say something that you weren't questioning was God, you were very, very sure it was Him, you can be pretty um, bold and intentional and not easily swayed. I was like, okay, clearly this is a, a person maybe not associated with the church. They don't know what's going on. So I asked like three other people and same answer every time. So I was like, I remember telling my sister, I, I I was so confused. I was like, God wants me to be a part of this school, but I'm not supposed to come here. I'm I'm called to Iowa, but I need to be equipped while I'm in Iowa and wrote it down and got on the plane a day later and ended up being next to a third year student from on campus. Her name is Rama. Um, why do I know that? Oh, because the story came full circle back around two weeks ago because I was asking the Lord for some concrete evidence that this truly happened. And while I was cleaning up my phone, I found the text message thread from 2018 when I talked to this girl. And I actually got to connect with her and let her know how this all turned out. I sat next to her. She was on her way to Africa for her third year ministry um, portion of school with Richie Gordon. And which is funny because none of those names made any sense to me back then. <laughs> if you're a part of this world, that'll make you laugh too. And I told her, hey, when you're with your leader, would you, and I don't know if she ever did, but I said, would you say something to him about the online school? It is wild to me that the person I was suggesting her to say something to was Richie Gordon. Man, I really hope that that happened because that would be a cool part of this story, but I have no clue if it did. Anyways, we never saw each other again. I actually completely forgot that we had even exchanged phone numbers up until this this recent reconnection that God brought about. But 2019 goes down the road. I'm still in pursuit. Um, we are actually in massive transition at that point. God is calling us to a different town. And I'm leaving that story for a different day too. But there is a miraculous story of in this segue between 2018 and 2020, the Lord was calling my husband and I to leave our house and leave our town and leave our church and our schools and come to a different town and church and school. So you know what? In his mercy and grace, everything became laser focused on that for about the next year and a half, which is a fantastic story that we will come back to at some point. But come the beginning of 2020, it actually started out like pretty phenomenal for me. I had this crazy favor to be traveling everywhere. And before the world shut down, I had gone to the Virgin Islands, the Caymans, and Florida, all with a really bum gallbladder before... COVID. 
And interesting side note, when we were in Cayman celebrating one of my best friend's 40th birthdays, we looked out towards where the cruise ships would port and saw one of the cruise ships that was trying to pull in when when the ships were the first place that they were finding then was called the coronavirus and watched them literally flag the ship away and not let them uh, come into Cayman. And I remember for a moment thinking, this might be more serious than we thought. And spending a second to even do research if we needed to get out of Cayman because Cayman's laws are just, uh, quite frankly, way stricter than most people. So clearly we got out and went on spring break to Florida, as I did every year, took my kids only for things to spiral um, out of control pretty quickly. And we ended up cutting our trip short because at that time there was quite a few rumors they were going to shut down state borders. And my sister and I had left our husbands back in Iowa because they were working and they were going to go to the Big Ten wrestling tournament up in Minnesota. Once that got canceled, things got real and the whole border, I guess it could have been a total hoax, but everybody talking about borders getting closed, we booked early flights and came home. And came home like to a ghost town. I remember thinking, holy cow, Chicago looks creepy. We were like the only people in the airport with our kids. Um, A news station followed my sister and I and our children because it was so, I mean, I guess at that point people were like shocked that anybody would actually be doing any real life things. We were and got home and that... I wish I knew the exact date, but it was March 2020, and we all of a sudden were told that, was it like 72 hours? I don't even remember, but it was, don't leave your house. It was it was that whole, you're not going to leave your house. And um, I had had my gallbladder scheduled to be out, and clearly elective surgeries got canceled in that entire time period too. So we became, I guess, like... I don't even know to use the right word because this part of my story is always awkward for me. COVID for us, for my family, became this like extremely holy, sacred time that we got to be a family without any outside noise, without my husband having to work obscene hours. And we live on the lake, so we spent the next four months fishing and hanging out with our children. And while I don't at all devalue what other people went through in their experiences, for me, it was a really, really special time. Um, And in that, a time where God was speaking even more loudly. And I do remember... April of 2020, we had Easter out on our pontoon in the middle of the lake and just went and listened to our church's uh, YouTube live cast. And I remember sitting out on the lake and just being like, okay, God, you didn't bring us all the way here and change everything to just stop. So what's going on? And within maybe a few days, maybe a week, I get an email in my inbox that says something to the extent of Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry is going to have an online school and applications are being 
accepted right now. My um, entire body, I, I remember reading this email and being like, there it is. There's the online school. I was two years early. I don't think I've signed up for something so quickly in my entire life. I had my, um, what's the word? When you have to have somebody give you a, a good reputation report. <laughs> I can't think about who it is. What that word is. Oh, Lindsay, that's too funny. Um, but I had all my letters of recommendation, thank you, Jesus, sent in my application process, everything done, I think within hours of receiving that email. I could not believe that it was real. And I had my interview scheduled, I think like a few days before they opened up elective surgeries and I literally put my name at the top of the list. I'm like, I'm not afraid to have surgery. I will be the first one that comes in. Call me. And had the interview. I believe the name, the man's name was Brandon. And the one thing I do need to back up for a second, January of 2020, I had been on YouTube for a live um event. And I can't remember what conference it was at Bethel, but I was watching this young woman, Haley Braun, and she was talking about having an encounter and an experience with the Holy Spirit that had just started. And um, watching her, I wanted everything that she had that she was experiencing. And I sensed the leadership on her life. And I wanted, I don't know how else to say it, but I knew I needed to be equipped by her. And when I was talking to Brandon throughout my interview, um, at what point he said to me, um, I'm pretty sure you're in and I'm pretty sure I know who I want your leader to be. And I knew I, I can't, I can't tell you how I knew outside of God. Like I know some of you want a better answer than that, but I knew in my heart that I was going to be placed with Haley Braun. And that's exactly what happened. I had the privilege and honor of being under her, what it is called in BSSM, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, our RGPs, Revival Group Pastors. She was my Revival Group Pastor for um, my first year for a portion of it. I can't remember the exact, it would have been from June to whatever first term ended and they changed the term length. So I couldn't tell you, but I got to be equipped directly by her. It was amazing. She's incredible. Uh, side note, I'm going to plug her book encounters with the Holy spirit surrendered to the Holy spirit. I'm looking at it right now, a life saturated by the presence of God by Haley Braun. If you want to be wrecked by another person's pursuit of knowing Holy Spirit and how that has changed their life, pick up this woman's book. The book will lead you into an encounter with God. So I continued first year. I did it part-time. Doing part-time takes a year and a half. And I'm going to summarize so that we can bring you up to speed to where I'm at right now. That was a three-year period that I graduated second year this past May and finished my my tenure with BSSM online completely changed my life um and in so many ways that I wasn't expecting um 
I'm, I am forever indebted to that house and so proud to be a part of the movement and the favor and the beauty of what Bethel is. It is, it is incredible. Last summer, I was, um, writing my, my first preach for, for class. I think I might've talked about this at some point. This is where known to be known came from. And the Lord rested on the verse, John 17, three. And it was interesting because I don't know how many of you guys were taught this, but growing up, I, I truly believed that part of the Christian circumstance was that I was avoiding hell being saved by Jesus was being saved from hell. I didn't know that eternal life wasn't a destination, but that eternal life was that Jesus saved me into relationship. The entire problem with sin and separation was separation, that God wanted us to walk with him in the garden, to be friends, to to co-labor, to co-create, to extend the the parameters of what Eden was and I believe to to create more than we can possibly ask for or imagine honestly like I don't I don't want to give too many words for what I dream of what that might have meant but ultimately Adam chose not God he chose to serve himself and separated himself from God because sin it's impossible to be in his presence because he's good and he's perfect. And he fractured our relationship. And then God spent the next part of history knitting things back together so that where one man introduced sin, one man would eradicate it. And then in his greatest move, he would put himself inside of us. (laughs) the the level of closeness and intimacy that we have with Holy Spirit wrecks me and is a part of this entire pursuit. But John 17, 3 was the first time I had really read in the Bible that eternity wasn't getting to heaven. Eternity was getting to know God. And Jesus himself was the one that says in John 17, 3, eternal life is this that you would know God as the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed again every time I say it, and I probably think about it on numerous occasions during the day. Eternity to get to know him. He was never worried about how long. You know, time's constructed. <laughs> It's a created thing. God's not bound by time. Time is actually not our master. I'll just throw that one in there for a second. God created time. It's actually called the bondage of decay in the New Testament. And if everything's a type and shadow here of what's in heaven, I would suggest that what our order functions towards decay here, the order in heaven, the the comparison to time is unto 
multiplication and increase forever. That's just a little, you know, free one for you, but that eternal life would be that we would get to know God and get to know Jesus. And I just kept mulling over and over and over again, getting to know him, getting to know him, getting to know him makes him known through my life. And then just having this run through my mind, known to be known. And then going through many different um, times of thinking, I, this isn't something I need to share. This is just perfectly fine for me to talk about. And then being encouraged to write a book and to do a blog and to do a podcast. And again, all these stories that go behind these, these things, and it has nothing to do with the things, but everything to do with the way that God disseminates the information about him to draw every single one of us to him. I'm just saying yes, so that maybe you will too. So here we are today. I told the Lord if I was going to do a podcast and it was really him that was saying this, because yes, I did have some prophetic words, more than a handful that kept telling me that this is what God wanted me to do. He was going to have to prove it. You know what he did about a week and a half later? He brought a beautiful woman and new friend to me that donated all her podcast equipment in order to make this a reality. I would say that that is the hand of the Lord. Wouldn't you like to experience things like that? His provision is more than enough. He's not just enough. He is more than you can ask for or imagine. So here we are, friends. A journey of stories and experiences, a place of conversation, a place to disagree in a pursuit to know a God that we actually get eternity to get to know. And not just to, to know things about him, but know his ways and know the way he works, understand how he connects with people, watch how he heals and delivers and reconciles and redeems and restores. We get the privilege of doing this because Jesus wanted us to do it. <laughs> For freedom's sake, Christ set us free. I'm going to make it a point to not edit out lingering moments because I have found that to clean up and make things nice sometimes takes the intentionality of God exhaling. And there feels like there's been some moments, especially just a second ago, of God just exhaling. That's me in a nutshell. Can't wait to share more tomorrow. Thank you for listening today. I hope you have found places in your thinking or belief systems that have been encouraged, challenged, or my hope, quite frankly, introduced to completely new concepts. You want to stay connected? Visit me at my website at known to be known 
That's the number two and a little b.com. You can go there to be a part of the blog or to submit to be a member so that when new podcasts and new blogs are released, you're the first to know about it. Can't wait to see you next time.